On this episode of Inside Boxing Live, we're going to hear from Tiafimo Lopez. He's finally back for the first time since his loss last November to George Cambosos Jr. You want to hear about his mindset. You want to hear about his move to 140. You want to hear about him potentially fighting Ryan Garcia. Then you're going to want to listen to this show. We're also going to break down some of the fights that are rumored, like Deontay Wilder versus Robert Hellenius, uh, Tyson Fury, Derek Chisora, and we have an update on Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford. There's some fights being announced, too, so let's get into it. Let's talk boxing inside Boxing Live. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Inside Boxing Live presented by John Boy Media. As you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, I am here in our beautiful studio where they tape Talking Yanks, where they tape Talking Baseball. I'm in John Boy's chair, the boss's chair, because that's how big of a show we have for you. Thank you every week for joining me here on Inside Boxing Live. Big show. Tiafimo Lopez is here. We're going to talk to Tiafimo as he makes his triumphant return, his 140-pound uh, debut. He's fighting Pedro Campa uh, this week. I'm going to have my DraftKings parlay in just a little bit. That's the biggest uh, fight this weekend. Also, Xander Zayas is returning to the ring on the card. I think he's probably the best prospect in all of boxing. I think he is the next Puerto Rican superstar that could fill up Madison Square Garden that Top Rank has been looking for uh, since Miguel Cotto uh, retired. That's this weekend over on ESPN. Last weekend, we saw some some good action with Virgil Ortiz picking up a big win. Uh, my guy Mick Conlon had a win over in Ireland. A little bit of a slow period in the summer. Uh, we had such a great you know, lead up from April to about uh, June and early July. But things are going to ramp up real quick. Uh, next weekend, Anthony Joshua, Alexander Usyk, the rematch uh, for the heavyweight title. And then before you know it, we'll be in September with big fights, Clarissa Shields, Savannah Marshall, Baumgartner, Mayer. Uh, you know, you got Shakur Stevenson returning. You have some of these big fights that are being announced, like Chris Eubank and Connor Ben. Uh, for October 8th, Triple G and Canelo, September 17th. So uh, this is how it always goes in boxing. A little bit of a, of a slow period in the summer, and then things pick up like crazy in the final quarter of 2022 in a year that has been really good uh, to boxing fans. Uh, I think it's been a hell of a year. I mean, the, the first half of 2022 had a little bit of everything, so we'll see how this the remaining a uh, few months of the year uh, shake out uh, in the boxing world. We just need that one big one to be announced. And you know what I'm talking about, Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford. That's the fight that we need uh, to be announced soon. We spoke with Jake Donovan a few weeks back on this show, and he said, you know what, don't panic uh, yet. You can start panicking if the fight has not been announced by Labor Day. Well, we're closing in on Labor Day in a few weeks, but Dan Raphael uh, reported that it is being uh, the fight is close. That it's looking like either November twelfth or November nineteenth in Las Vegas for Spence and Crawford. So that's the latest update uh, on that one. That would be great. You know that would be uh, perfect actually because the, you know there's no really big fights planned yet uh, for November. Uh, you know, there's a lot of pay per views coming up in the next couple of months. I'm going to talk about that in just a bit. So that's the latest on Spence. Uh, in Crawford, some fights being rumored. Uh, this is a big week for fights being rumored and a big week for fights being announced. Deontay Wilder 
and Robert Hellenius is being reported uh, by Mike Coppinger and a lot of other boxing reporters October 15th right here in New York City at the Barclays Center uh, for Wilder. It will be his first fight since the third or, or fight with uh, Tyson Fury. Uh, there was talks about Wilder that he was going to retire. And you saw pictures of him training last week. You heard rumblings that, you know, he's not going to retire. He still wants to fight on, and he should fight on. He is one of the most exciting fighters in boxing today. I tweeted this out yesterday that the boxing world is more exciting with an active Deontay Wilder. He is explosive in the ring. He is a lightning rod outside of the ring. There are very strong opinions on Deontay Wilder one way or another. There's a whole camp of people that think this guy can't box. How did he make it this far? He fought tomato cans. He's a one-trick pony. And then you have others saying this is one of the hardest-punching heavyweights or the hardest-punching boxers in general uh, over the last 50 years. And, you know, that's just that's great for boxing. We need more fighters like uh, Deontay Wilder. And I like this fight for him. I really do. Robert Hillinus on a three-fight win streak. You saw what he did to Adam Konaki. You know, transformed his body, got in better shape. Uh, the Nordic Nightmare. He's about what six foot six, six foot seven. Hits really hard. Uh, former sparring partner of Wilder, so I think that played a big role in Deontay Wilder taking this fight. He's a lot of fami- uh, he's very familiar with Robert Hellenius. So that is October fifteenth, as of right now. Um, Fox pay per view. That's a problem. You know, uh, <laughs> I'm never gonna tell fans. I never have told fans to buy a pay per view or to not buy a pay per view. That's the thing. With pay-per-view and boxing, it's not going anywhere. You know, the zone came in a few years ago and said they're going to put pay-per-view out of business. You know, there's a whole new business model. Guess what? The zone is doing pay-per-views. It's like death taxes and pay-per-views in boxing. They're never going to go away. It's if you want, if you are a boxing fan and you take great pride in Deontay Wilder making twenty million for a fight or Tyson Fury making thirty million. Uh, for a fight, and boxing fans love to use that against MMA fans. Like, oh, Francis Nagano, who is essentially the Tyson Fury of MMA, made under a million for his last title defense. And then you look over at Fury, he's making, you know, 30 times that. That's probably not even the right math. But he's making 30 million uh, to fight Dillian White. So in order for them to get paid, in order for these fighters to get paid, and you can, as a boxing fan, take pride in that, is the pay-per-view model. You have to pay to watch. It's just what boxing has been uh, going back since forever, going back to the 80s, going back to the early 90s uh, when pay-per-view was instituted. Go back to 2006, HBO, I'm pulling it up right here. HBO put on 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 pay-per-views in 2006. And I would say the average performance of those pay-per-views was somewhere in between 200,000 and 300,000. Pacquiao Morales 2 did 360,000 buys. Vargas Mosley was on pay-per-view for 44.95 and did 425,000 buys. De La Hoya Mayorga was the most watched pay-per-view in 06 and that did 925,000. Haseem Rockman versus Maskayev was on HBO pay-per-view. Barrera Juarez Mayweather Baldemir did only 300,000. So, like, I, I'm seeing a lot of chatter that there are too many pay-per-views. I agree. You know, there's going to be close to, uh, let's see, how many pay-per-views are there coming up? Wilder Hellenius pay-per-view. Uh, Ruiz Ortiz, Andy Ruiz, Luis Ortiz, that's going to be a pay-per-view. Canelo Triple G, Spence Crawford, 
And then you have to figure Tank Davis coming back in December, and his last two or three fights have been on Showtime pay-per-view. So that's almost five pay-per-views over the next three or four months. It's just, it's nothing new, but that's the thing. Like, you don't have to buy it. Like, I know there are a lot of people out there streaming pay-per-views. I'm not encouraging that either, but there are ways to watch fights if you do not want to pay. If you want to pay with your friends, go ahead. If you don't, you don't. But to act like, wow, there's a lot of pay-per-views this year, and it's like some of this new uh, phenomenon, it's not. They've been around forever, and they're not going away. That's my little rant on pay-per-views. Another fight that's being rumored that I really hope does not happen, that's Tyson Fury and Derek Chisora. Give me a break. This is a farce. I can't tell if it's just Tyson Fury amusing himself, uh, very bored, uh, and looking uh, to just get himself back in the headlines talking about having Isaac Lowe as his trainer, talking about how he has an offer out to Derek Chisora. They're friends. They've fought twice before. Fury outlanded Chisora 436 to 198 over the course of their 22 rounds. Fury outlanded Chisora in 21 of the 22 rounds. First fight was somewhat competitive. Second fight was a drubbing. This fight makes zero sense other than Tyson Fury wanting to give his friend a payday. And to me, that is so wrong. And to me, that is a slap in the face to fans. More than any pay-per-view out there, uh, more than any uh, mismatch fight being made by promoters. If you're going to pay for, for Tyson Fury fight versus Derek Chisora in order for Chisora to get paid, then that's ridiculous. So I don't know how much stock I'm going to put into these rumors of this fight, how much stock I'm going to put into in, um, you know, Fury moving on from Sugar Hill Stewart. Uh, who commented on one of Tyson Fury's videos on Instagram where Fury said that, you know, Lowe is my new trainer. He, he I think uh, Stewart re- replied, good luck with that. So we'll see what Tyson Fury directors are. Hopefully that does not happen. I want to see Tyson Fury fight the winner of Usyk and Joshua. I think we all want to see that. You know, Tyson Fury versus Joe Joyce, Joe Parker winner. Love to see that. Tyson Fury versus Derek Chajora is disgraceful. A waste of time. Especially if Tyson Fury only has one or two fights left in his career. And you tell me one of them is going to be against Derek Chisora. If he has five or six left, fine. So be it. You know, Chisora can be one of them. But if it's we're down to th- two or three, I want to see Fury in there with the big boys. Like Joshua, Usyk, uh, potentially Joe Joyce. That's that. Uh, we got to the Errol Spence one. Some fights that are being announced. Fights that we know are happening. Chris Eubank Jr. is taking on Connor Ben, October 8th, Born Rivals. This one set the British boxing Twitter uh, a buzz. Uh, this is crazy. They're going to fight at a catch weight of 157 pounds. Eubank's coming up, uh, excuse me, coming down from uh, 160. Connor Ben is coming up from 147. This fight comes almost 30 years to the day from their father's second fight. One of the biggest rivalries in British boxing was Ubank and Connor Ben back in the late 80s, early 90s. Never in a million years did you think their two sons would fight. Uh, never in a million years would you think that that Connor Ben would make the improvements that he has. But this is a massive, massive box office type of fight. O2 Arena going to be sold out. Just from the Twitter reaction, just from the fan reaction, this is a huge fight. One of the biggest fights you can make over in the U.K., and a fight that we didn't think was likely. And if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. You know, neither guy, Eubank Jr. or Conor Ben, is close 
to title contention or is close to getting any of the the champions at their respective weight classes in the ring. Like Eubank Jr. is not getting anyone at middleweight in the ring, whether it's Andre, whether it's Canelo, I mean, excuse me, Triple G, uh, whether it's the other champions at 160. Middleweight right now is a mess. Then you got Conor Ben. He's not getting close to Crawford. He's not getting close to Spence. You know, Thurman was offered this fight, does not want to take it because, you know, it doesn't really make a lot of sense for any of the, the U.S. welterweights. Not to mention, Conor Ben just isn't that good. He's not at the same level of Spence, Crawford, Virgil Ortiz, Boots. And neither is Eubank, in my opinion. So these two are made for each other. It's a perfect fight. The catch weight will, will come into play. For some reason, I just think that Conor Ben is going to knock out Chris Eubank Jr., Obviously, Eubank much bigger, has fought way better competition. But Ben hits so hard. One thing Ben does well is he can punch. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> I love that fight. Love it a lot. Uh, Jojo Diaz back in the ring early November against William Zapata. Love this fight. This is all action. Um, Golden Boy putting out some good fights. I honestly thought that Ryan Garcia, Jojo Diaz was going to happen next, especially if Tank Davis fight falls out. Uh, we'll talk about, you know, a Ryan Garcia, Tiafimo Lopez fight in just a few moments when we get uh, to Tiafimo. But uh, Jojo Diaz, William Cepeda, this is like a, a crossroads fight for Jojo. He's He's got to win. Uh, this one, Cepeda, I know that they had a lot of high hopes. Uh, Golden Boy had a lot of high hopes for him at 135. He's regressed a little bit, but he's a really fun TV fighter. This is a perfect the zone subscription fight. A great main event, especially over in the West Coast, should do well there uh, if they if they put it in a, in a uh, smaller uh, arena. And I like that fight. So those are some of the fights that are announced. We have some fights being rumored in the heavyweight division. Uh, we got some fights coming up this weekend with Tiafimo Lopez, and that brings me to our DraftKings same game parlay for this week. As you know, I am now working. Or we are now working uh, with DraftKings here on Inside Boxing Live. Get the hottest sports action for your shot at cold, hard cash with the DraftKings Sportsbook. Bet on all your favorite sports teams this summer long and gear up for football season. I can't believe football season is uh, right around the corner. I need my Giants to actually win some games. But right now, new customers can get risk-free. Bet up to $1,000. Just make your first bet up to $1,000. If it doesn't hit, you get another shot uh, to win big. I've been betting on the Yankees. Uh, I bet the other uh, other day, I think there was their first game in Seattle, and I took the over four and a half runs, which was risky because the Yankees were flying cross country uh, from St. Louis to Seattle. They're not playing very good baseball right now, but it hit. And that's the, the beauty of DraftKings. You can bet on all the sports and uh, especially boxing. So uh, go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app if you have not already. Use promo code BOXING. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code BOXING only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Okay, with that being said, here are my picks for this week. And here is my same-game parlay. Uh, for Teofimo Lopez, Pedro Campa, and Xander Zayas getting back in the ring. Listen, I think Teofimo is going to win big. Uh, they picked Pedro Campa for a reason. Uh, he's a durable fighter, but he's never been in the ring with someone like Teofimo. They were not going to put Teofimo in there with like an Arnold Barboza or a top 10 140-pounder. Not uh, after the first loss to Campa. So it's not after all the mental problems and, and uh, you know, physical problems. He took a lot of punishment in that fight versus Cambosos. Talked about, uh, you know, bronchitis, pneumonia, you know, almost, you know, close to dying in the ring after that. So they weren't going to put him in there with a top 10 guy. 
Tfimo is going to win this fight. It's just a matter of when. And I was very close to picking first round knockout for Tfimo for plus 1,200. But I don't think he's going to come out like that. He came out like that against Cambosos and it bit him in the ass. I think he will ease into a knockout. And, and you can get a Tiafimo to win in rounds three and four. Three or four, I should say, for plus 300. So that's my first leg of the same game parlay for Saturday. Then I got uh, Xander Zayas to win inside the distance. And you get that for minus 210. That's really good value because Zayas is, is going to win big. He is one of the best young fighters in boxing. Love watching this kid fight. Glad that he is healthy again. He had a little sickness uh, a few weeks back, but there it is. Tiafimo to win in, in rounds three or four, and Xander Zayas to win inside the distance. Of course, go to DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm betting this parlay. I put my money where my mouth is. I'm betting this same game parlay, and I'm going to win, okay? All right, let's go to Tiafimo Lopez and hear what he's got to say. Let's bring in our guest this week. You know him, Tiafimo Lopez. He's back this weekend over on ESPN. He fights Pedro Campa. He's back. We've been doing this for a while, Tiafimo. I think we first met in 2017 or 2018. You were 21 years old. You were talking about how you wanted to knock off Vasily Lomachenko. We were hanging out at a bar doing the show and, you know, some ups, some downs. Just, of course, that's what it's the life of, of being a boxer. But you're back. And yeah. are you better than ever, Tio? How are you feeling? Man, I'm feeling like the greatest right now. You know what I'm saying? You know, not like a champ no more. We over here becoming the greatest. So, uh, you know, overall, mentally, physically, emotionally, everything, I'm, I'm ready to go. Now, first fight in, uh, since November, uh, some things have changed. Suffered the loss. You said you're not a champ no more. Maybe not, you know, the physical stuff, your champ mindset. A lot of people are going to ask you, you know, how you're feeling. You know, how are you doing since the loss? So I'll start it off and ask you, like, how are you feeling since the loss? All this time off, did you use it to reflect? What were you thinking and uh, where are you at, you know, mentally? Where I'm at mentally and everything since the since my first career loss, I would say uh, I'm at a good state of mind, really. You know, I took the time within those six, seven months to really recover you know, um, top rank ESPN, they wanted me back a little bit earlier than August. However, I told, you know, I just made an executive decision to really uh, push on recovering and everything from hap what happened from my last fight. So, you know, overall, just uh, spending even quality time with my son, you know, fatherhood, which is a huge, big difference for me. But I'm, I'm happy with this. You know, I'm so grateful and I thank God every day for it. And um, I'm just really, I'm really excited. You know, I haven't seen my son in about two and a half months, so I'm missing the crawls. I'm missing him on his first walks. However, you know, it's all for a good reason, you know, and God knows why he does what he does. So August 13th, that's why, what my goal set is right now mentally. And um, just feel great, man. I really do. Better than ever. Now, going back uh, to last November, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but that's important. You know, it's it's an important part of your career. You know, I've heard seen fighters say they learn from losses. I've seen fighters say, you know what, um, I didn't learn anything or I didn't lose. And that's something that you have said right after the fight. It's something you have said up until this week. You know, do you think you'll ever come to grips with that with that fight? Do you think you'll ever, you know, say, you know what, I, I you know, he got the best of me that night? Or is that just, you know, are you in the, the section, the B section of when a fighter loses where, no. I didn't lose. You know what? I didn't. No, it's an A section, honestly. Listen, I say when it comes to a split decision and everything, you got to really do your work. You got to do your effort. Like, 
you know, I did this on myself, though. At the end of it all, I shouldn't have said what I was going to do after 135 after beating Cambosis, you know, so that really dictated the turnaround. You know, if you think about it in a business as aspect of, of everything, okay, how are we able to keep all the belts still in the same unit so that way we don't have Devin Haney to continue to fight for all these different belts, you know, because once I win, I relinquish all the belts. And then they're going back to every section, just like Josh Taylor is doing right now mm -hmm. with uh, 140 in my division. So it's just things like that. I know I won that fight, you know, especially when it comes to split decisions, man. Definitely. You got to beat the champion. Listen, I think that he didn't do enough, and I'm always going to keep my word on that. Were you surprised about uh, how easily Haney beat him? I didn't watch the fight, so I can't. I'm not surprised, though. I know how Haney fights. He throws a lot of jabs and just moves around. You know, uh, nothing really too exciting with in in that area, in that area and stuff like that. And um, you know, a lot of people are talking bad about this fight right now for him. You know, um, people don't even really want to watch the second rematch. You know, they don't want to watch it because um, it's just boring. They they see the same thing and people fall asleep. You know, when Teofimo fights, you just don't know what you're gonna get with me. Yeah, it's funny because Cambosos, you know, during the build-up to your guys' fight, he was just talking about, you know, I don't like the way this guy talks. He's braggadocious, you know. He's talking too much. But then, like, the tables turned because he was talking, like, all sorts of crazy stuff in the lead-up to the Haney fight. You know, he came in, like, a uh, you know, a couple overweight. He had said it was a mind games. It was deception. And it, it's it's funny how in the boxing world how quickly things turn around. So it looks like they're going to fight again. Uh, they have to. They're contractually obligated to. You're now at 140 pounds. That's the big thing here. You're the first one to move up from 135 to 140 officially. You know, that's something we've been talking about since, you know, I first met you. It's like, yeah, I'm going to be at 135, but I don't know for how long. Like, you were able to make the weight and obviously become a champion at the weight of Unified, Undisputed. But now 140 is a whole new chapter for you. You know, coming off the first loss, you know, now you're a dad. This is like Tiafimo 2.0. You know, you're going to 140 with a whole new slew of of contenders and, you know, titles that are coming off of the belt or the waist, I should say, of Josh Taylor. 140 now. What are you feeling about 140 and how quickly do you think you can get to the top of it? Um, To be real, you know, with 140 and everything, I'm very comfortable. You know, my body feels uh, much better at this weight. You know, I'm not going to really drain myself to that to that point. You know, it's so hard to cut muscle once you get to that point of uh, those extra five pounds, you know. Those uh those last five pounds, those last two, three pounds is always hard, you know. So this change and this turnaround, five pound difference, I'm very excited. You know, my body, I could tell it's already ready. I believe I, I'll probably make weight by I'll probably be at 140 by Wednesday or Thursday. <laughs> so before weigh-ins. Um, so I'm already on schedule on that part. And where I see myself, honestly, um, you know, if you know, God willing, everything goes well Saturday night. You know, I would definitely love to fight for a world title already in December for my next previous fight. However, we're going to see how the tables play and, and see who's willing to take that chance with me. So December is the next one for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. ESPN pay-per-view. Let's go. Well, I was going to ask you about the last fight was on DAZN, and, and that was like a big thing. Oh, my God, all the cancelizations, Thriller, DAZN, blah, blah, blah. But you're back with ESPN, back with Top Rank, and so what's the layout for Disney, you? baby, let's go. What'd you say? Back with Disney, you know what I'm saying? I'm <laughs> happy, man. Overall, um, it's good to be back. It's good to be back here at home and and, and playing in my in my home field, really. But yeah, you back know, in Vegas. Uh, back in Vegas, back in everything, you know, with Top Rank, with the Top Rank crew and the ESPN crew. I mean, it's lovely, you know, and I know that they're all excited to have me back on board. You know, um, they need this, and I need this as well. So we need each other at this point, and I'm, I'm just excited. Overall, everything's coming together as one. 
And that's what it's all about. You know, teamwork makes the dream work. Yeah, when you say they need this, what do you mean? Like ESPN needs the TV female show? Yeah, they need they need the viewerships. They need views. That's and true. the only one that could really bring the viewerships right now in the game for, for everybody. You know, I still hold the highest ratings, 4.3 million views for ESPN. You know, I doubled I doubled what Terrence Crawford, Terrence Bud Crawford did with against um, Jose Benavides, who did 2.2. So... So basically, you know, just going on that part and just it's all about numbers. You know, men lie, women lie, but numbers don't. Well, I know so that. Yeah. As a guy that counts the punches, the stats guy. I mean, I love numbers. Men lie, women lie, punch cats and punch stats are never wrong. Uh, but 140, there's something like Josh Taylor gave up two belts. Uh, he's fighting Catterall again, maybe. Uh, Regis Progray versus Cepeda. That's for the WBC. WBA has two guys that I've never heard of that are fighting for their belt. Uh, I don't know what's going on in that division. So I think at 140, I mean, it's a division with a lot of big names, a lot of uh, good fighters, uh, you know, vacant belts, uh, big fights. I know you said you're coming back December. It's got to be a pay-per-view. So that means that it's got to be a fighter up to the standards that a pay-per-view would be, you know, whether it's like a Josh Taylor or whether it's the uh, Cepeda uh, Progray winner. You know, uh, Ryan Garcia has recently said or De La Hoya has said that he wants they're moving on from tank and he, and he wants to fight you but i'm gonna go through some names at 140 and i want you to give me a little word association you give me a little what you think of each guy all right we'll start with josh taylor uh, he a whole bitch man that guy's a whole <laughs> ass bitch sorry but that's just the truth even jack catterall agrees with me i mean we can read that right away jose cepeda um to cepeda i'll say uh basic Regis Progray. Um, solid. I remember after Fury Wilder, we were all hanging out at that party after, and Progray was there, and you guys were kind of like, looked like you guys were friendly, but also kind of like sizing each other up, like who knows, maybe one day we'll fight. And now he's finally getting his another title shot, and he could potentially beat Cepeda. So that's a name. Like Regis Progray, a female fight would be, would be fireworks. Absolutely. Yeah, and you know, he's Southpaw. I mean, both guys, Cepeda and... Progress of Southpaw. I love Southpaws, to be honest. Um, I, I do much better with Southpaws than I actually do with Orthodox fighters. Um, however, you know, uh, I think it'll be a great turnaround, you know. And congrats to Progress too. I think he's that that's a that's a long overdue um uh wait for him, really. Yeah. To five world title. You know, I think that guy deserved it two years ago. Yeah, yeah. He he you know went the rap for Bell and he was making big money for fights that he was just walking over. So it's good to see him back in the title mix. Uh Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez, um, stupid. Why is that? He fights stupid. You know, he just—it's the same. It's, a, it's just a stupid style, man. He doesn't know what he's really doing there. Yeah. He, he, he just—he leans. He puts his head forward before he throws the damn punch. He's just stupid. He—he he seems like someone that's like in between styles, like. Like, he's a brawler at heart, but now getting a little bit older, so it's like, oh, wait, I got to, like, you know, box a little. And you see, like, he refer- he'll he go back to brawling and then be like, oh, crap, like, wh- what are you doing? It's stupid. All right. Uh, you, can't, you, can't, um, you can't change that. It's a habit. It's something that he's been doing since the Olympic times, since 2012 Olympic Games and before that. That's his style. The thing is, like, anybody that you're seeing right now, Dan, mm-hmm. like, anyone – yeah, anyone, any fighter that you're seeing that's trying to change their style in a way, they just can't. It's a habit. Do you feel it's like you habit. you went into that first Cambosos fight like this is what I'm going to do? Like this is my style and this is what I'm going to do? No, to be honest, I was just surviving in there. Right, because of the health issues, right? 
Yeah. So it's not that's not my game plan. That's not how I fight. I'm always an uh, I'm always a boxer. I'm someone that definitely knows how to pick my shots and definitely someone that knows what he's doing in there. You know, I know what a fighter is going to throw before they throw. Literally. Like that's 21 years in the game. I know what I could read off just by the eyes. I never I never look at a fighter's shoulders or anything. I look at straight at the eyes cuz that's where everything's coming from, the brain. Did you add any new coaches uh, to the stable for for this fight? Because I saw some video on Instagram. I was like, oh, I never, I didn't recognize who that was. Um, no, fuck no. I didn't. I, honestly, I didn't really want nobody on my. I didn't want no assistant coach. I didn't. I didn't want any of that. My father is my head coach, and we've always been been this way since 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 I came out the womb. Really dynamic duo, and um, you know, I'm always loyal to that. However, you know, my father, you know, there's certain things that. I mean, he likes to see from an outside standpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, he could do all these things that all these coaches are doing. However, he wants to see my point of view. How right. am I looking? How's my how's my stance? Mm-hmm. How's everything? You know, he wants to be a perfectionist with me, and I love that. So we brought um, Jorge Rubio, Cuban uh, Cuban trainer. You know, he has trained the likes of uh, Guillermo Brigandial, you know, Luke Campbell. I mean, the list could go on and on. He's trained with a lot of uh, top, top-tier athletes. Will he be in the corner on fight night? Yes, he'll be in the corner. However, my father will be the one that's uh, basically giving me the instructions. There was a lot of talk or a lot of criticism after the fight, the Cambosos fight. Well, Tiafimo needs a new trainer. Tiafimo, you know, his dad is not, you know, can only get him to, to so far. What, what do you say to that? Um, they don't know shit about boxing. You know, people don't know what's what happened that there. You know, my my own coach, my own father, who never thinks about taking me out of the out of the ring and stuff, was asking me three times in the middle of that fight to to take me out, to quit, to pull out because he saw my conditions, he saw how bad I was. Mm-hmm. So it's just um, so it's just things that people don't know. They're not inside there. You know, they're not in that ring at that moment. So they don't know what I'm feeling. He he knows I'm telling him things. He's seen me at my best. He's seen me at my worst. And that's the worst that he's ever seen me. So he knew there was something wrong. Right. He just couldn't quite figure it out at that point, at yeah. that moment. That was a great night. I mean, you know, obviously, it was a great night for fight fans. Different for you, obviously. You suffered a loss. But no. it was even when you lose, it was great theater. Like, being there ringside, it, I've, it was one of the top fights of the year. It just had everything. Absolutely. Yeah, you got the blood, the sweat, you got the tears. <laughs> Got them all, man, and that's part of it. It's part, part of the of game, it. man. It's part of the game. It's part of the game, and you learn from it, and you, and you move on. I'm not mad at. I'm not mad at it at all. Good. Uh, and I know that Cambosa is gonna come at 140 because there's nobody else. He's gonna lose to Devin Haney again. Um, that's already written in stone, and he, no one's gonna care about Cambosa's after this. So he's gonna have to come and try to see me at 140. I would love and, to see that again. And then honestly, he'll be the one dying next. So. That's right. All right. One, before we go, last word association, last couple ones. Uh, Ryan Garcia. Yeah. What about Ryan Garcia? What do you yeah, think he's of just him? a pretty boy. Bro. Pretty boy. He had a nice win in his last fight. He was at 140. He's talking about going to 140. Tank fight may not, may not happen. But hold on, man. Did you guys see Fortuna? Like, they weigh these things, man. They know when to grab these guys. He was supposed to fight Fortuna, what, like a year ago? Yeah. I mean, Fortuna would look flubby. He didn't even look like he was in shape for this fight. You, he didn't put forward anything uh, i was there in the arena i was like damn i was expecting a little more out of fortuna uh, but i don't know if that's like fortuna being past it or ryan garcia taking it out because i thought garcia looked pretty damn good i thought you know the, the left hook was there they're going to the body uh you know delahoy is talking about it no he did what he had to do he had to he had to go out there and show everybody that he has improved since uh since eddie renoso and you know he went out there and did what he had to do would I'm you want to see him next Huh? Would you want to see Garcia next? That's a huge fight. Oh, that's a pay-per-view fight, you and Ryan Garcia. 
I'll see anybody. You know me. I'll take anybody. And and honestly, it'd be for whatever. Really, uh, I just don't want that. I don't want to hear these guys talking about they try to call me out and make this fight happen. And then when we put it on the table, they overprice themselves. Right. And it's just stupid, you know, because then it's like it's not me paying it. It's ESPN and all the all the everyone else on the stable. I hear you. All right, man. Well, getting the rap uh, notification that it's don't time. Be, I'm telling you, like these boys, they they never won a fucking world title. They haven't won a world title. And they think they're gonna make ten million dollars and stuff like that because of fans and all that stuff. Nah, bro. Like you gotta know your worth. I I want to see anyone. I want to see. This is how I know these boys don't believe in themselves. You know why, Dan? What's that? I tell you why. Because a real fighter knows knows these fighters. I'm a real ass fighter. And I say it like this: When you take the minimum, right? When you take the least amount to fight the number one pound-for-pound fighter and you beat him, it's because you believed in yourself so much. I want to see if these boys could do the same thing. Take a million dollars and fight me. Let's see if you believe in yourself that much. Let's see if you could do that. They don't believe in themselves. they rather just have a safety net of eight, $9 million, split the difference, and lose to me. Fine, by all means, but they don't believe in themselves. I already won this game. I won this game already, and they all know it. They all feared Lomachenko. None of them boys wanted to talk about that man. And to this day, I know Lomachenko will beat all them boys easily. Easily. Yeah, you can make the case that you started this whole movement, this youth movement now, despite you being 25. I believe in now. myself, man. Look, I believe in myself to the fullest. I believe in myself that part. Look, I'll take another million dollars and beat these boys if I have to. Because I'm not even focused on I'm not even focused on my boxing no more, man. I'm focused on the big prize. I'm focused on on the products. I'm focused on these billion dollar companies. I'm focused on Disney. That's my goal. Fuck all these guys. They don't yeah. know shit about boxing. Pushing that Bud Light. All right, man. Tiafimo, I love catching up with you, man. I can't wait to see you back in the ring on Saturday night. Uh, the take back. This is going to be big. Take back, the takeover. <laughs> you know, we've been over here. We've been doing this. And I know everybody, whether they hate me, whether they like me, you all going to watch me. I mean, there's no other entertainer out there that's going to talk their shit and back it up. Like me, I do a backflip too when you win. I I, I want to see that. That's that's a, that's the icing. That's you know it's the cherry on top. All right, Tiafimo. Good times, bro. I'll see you soon, man. Okay.